and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Byer. And I'm Len Foote. And welcome to the program. You are listening live. Wow, from the home studio. Emphatic. Woodridge, Illinois, they are close to the microphones tonight. They are busting at the seams, ready to get at us because they can feel the electricity. Oh, man. Is this going to be Beeve's best immersion yet? Oh, I mean, how can I top each immersion week after week? (laughs) Man. But we're going to try tonight. But uh, welcome to our recap episode. We're going, we got a great uh, episode in store for you tonight. Um, we're going to be talking all things NFL, the Browns and Bears, as well as uh, Chiefs, and as well as other uh, news from around the league. We'll be talking the week that was in the NBA, uh, surging bulls, fading calves, Pippin, LeBron. It's always LeBron. LeBron just you know dominates everything. Uh, but he was in the news this week. We'll talk uh, his uh, dust up um, uh, against the. I Detroit love that word. Pistons. <laughs> oh, there's been a dust up. There has been. I a need to dust use that in the brackets because I I try to use different words for the brackets like Donnie Brook. <laughs> I never somehow never use dust up. There you go. It's a good word. Um, especially for a bracket, because it's like it implies that there's conflict. It's, you know, to the point where like punches are thrown, but nothing crazy. No one's going to the hospital. Right. Um, so th- this thing that happened with the Pistons was a dust up. No one. But there was an impressive amount of blood. Um, so uh, we'll talk all things uh, there. We'll do our uh, I recommend where Len and I recommend a movie or a TV show or book or album and supply our expertise. Expert. Yes, three words to you, the lucky Jag Bags listener. And then we'll do our album immersion. Your album immersion. I yeah. finished last Easter and you're still going. I'm going to lower myself slowly into the swamp of music and come out transformed and a new man with a album review for you. As soon as Len gets his head out of his hands, <laughs> disgust for my weekly and, and my slowpoke, uh, slowpokey ways. But I feel that a thorough review is of uh, importance to you, the brilliant Jag Bags listener. And uh, anything else that comes up, we'll talk about it as well. Let's get right to it. Uh, the NFL, uh, this past Sunday. Um, oh, I got a question for you right away. Let's okay, I'm ready. What is your outlook on the Browns for the rest of the year? Ooh. You know, that's a great question Uh, because I think it all depends on Baker Mayfield. I think it depends on Stefanski. I think we're going to find out what kind of a coach we have Um, because this is like a team that's like in turmoil. Um, They beat the Lions 
But I was expecting like one of those excruciating games where it was like watching a tooth get pulled Mm -hmm. and the Browns are going to do their best to lose it, even though they were the better team. And that's exactly the kind of game that it was. And thank God that the Browns have Nick Chubb. That's us. Chubb is elite. He's just, he's great. And uh, if we didn't have him, we, I, I, I know we would have lost to um, Detroit. Um, but also, I think Chubb's success, I, I think he's also in the right system because Hunt does well when he's in there. And then their backup, uh, Ernest Johnson, he also does well when he's in there. They, he, ran, he ran wild against um, Denver in that win. So, so I, now I'll get back to my point. You know, you said, you know, what's the outlook for the Browns? And I think it depends on two things. One is Baker. And, you know, I mean, he, he would not talk to the media and they won the game and he wouldn't talk to the media. And he's always been a pretty stand-up guy. Mm-hmm. As long as he's been the in Cleveland. I was very I it's because the Browns had – Super Bowl expectations, maybe. So he's really feeling the pressure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And this is a QB who, I mean, he came to a team that had lost 31 out of 32 games. And uh, number one pick in the draft. And the Browns instantly got better. Instantly. Yep. So, and he's hurt. He's hurt this year. Yeah, every week it's a... Mayfield just sat out practice because his leg is bent behind his ear. It's unbelievable. And he won't sit out. He probably should not have played that Detroit game. Who's the Browns backup again? Uh, The case for Keenum. Oh, that's right. The case. (laughs) Your your amazing podcast, The Case for Keenum. The Case for Keenum, where I talk, uh, where I fight off uh, angry Browns fans who want uh, a trade for Mitch Trubisky. Um, I think that's just Brian Sater of calling in nonstop. <laughs> Sater, we'll get to Trubisky and Sadorf and Red <laughs> Rifle and maybe in a bit. Um, but I think, I mean, bottom line is, and then let's let's get to Stefanski. It's it's on Stefanski, I think, to guide the Browns through because I think his. His offense, he's his offense has definitely got you know an identity. They want to control the clock. They want to, you know, uh, play ball control away from the uh, the other team. They want to run the ball wherever possible. It, and and when, when they do pass, it's like play action because they're running the ball so much. Then that sets up play action, and he loves to go to his tight ends. He did that in Minnesota um, when uh, he was the offensive coordinator and they had Case Keenum. So Keenum knows Stefanski's offense really well. And so now the question is, is Stefanski holding Mayfield back, which is ludicrous. It's ludicrous. Um, But I think with Mayfield limited the way he is, I think they're going to have to lean on Chubb hard and hopefully Hunt gets back and that, and maybe Johnson, I like Johnson every time, just rotate those three. But I think they really have to 
rely heavily on Stefanski's kind of vision for his offense. I don't think you can turn the it over to Mayfield because the guy can the guy can barely stand upright. And um, but the problem is that because Mayfield is so banged up, I mean he was way off target in that he played terribly. He shouldn't be in there. You know, just like what's wrong with like sitting him out and letting him get well. Um, now they got the Ravens and the Ravens, as we will talk, the Ravens are the luckiest team in the NFL. They have won more games than they, that they should have lost than any other team in, in the league right now. They beat the lions on a 68 yard. I know. <laughs> God, I was just going to talk about your division. I don't think the Steelers are good. You you said the Ravens are lucky. Yesterday, the Ravens, somehow their quarterback played well enough for them yesterday, but they did not impress me at all. The Bears should have won that game. Talk about Bengals. gave Gave up two huge plays. They don't seem like a good team. And the Bengals are either great or awful. Yeah. They don't have an in between, it seems like. They're, they're maybe that's bad. part of the reason why the Browns are doing these kind of things, keeping Baker Mayfield in because it's so close and there's so many teams bunched up with six wins, five wins that they don't, they probably don't think they can afford to keep them out because they know it's going to be close. The last two or three weeks, if it stays like this, I mean, it's over halfway through the year. It's going to be nuts the last three weeks of the season. Yeah. There's going to be so much back and forth and so many games could matter. If it stays like this, the final week of the season, there's going to be more games for playoff uh, to make the playoffs than any other season ever. I think I agree with you. I agree with you. Well, the Browns really needed the bears to win that game yesterday. That would have been sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, but that's been the Ravens all year long. I, th- I think I seriously, I think that's like the fourth game that they've won and they had no business winning that game. None. I was just like, that is cl- it's it's now become classic Ravens. Pull a win out of your behind. Um but the two the two huge things were the final drive. First, one of the Ravens receivers, we basically had him covered, but for some reason our guy interfered with them. And the Ravens quarterback threw it to our safety who dropped it. Right. So a play that wasn't that poorly covered. And if he was paying attention, the safety was right there. There was no reason to grab the guy. None. That should have either been a pick or a loss, you know, a loss of down. And instead they get this huge game. And then I feel like the Bears, more than anyone, this happens to. Blown assignment again. Yeah. Two guys cover their tight end and they leave Watkins white. I'm like, how does that happen to the Bears all the time? I, I, what are their what's their signaling or like their yeah, you're right. There's just it just happened time. at the end of the game this time because that's happened to them. This is probably the fourth time it's happened to them this year. Yeah, where they give up. But a this one was the worst one because it lost made them lose the game. Yeah. It's I feel like that's poor coaching. Your guy, if your guys don't know what they're doing, that's that's the coach's fault. There were lots of, I felt like more than, and I've been rough on Nagy, you know, for the last three years, but 
this was a this was a game where I felt like they had no plan. This was a game I really felt like they had. I think he's mentally fried. Yeah, I'm sure he is. He I looks like it. He's just been put through the ringer. I mean, I don't know how I would react. Um, it's just hard to, uh, you know, when you're in the pressure cooker day after day, you know, he, in his press conferences, he now, uh, Doug Buffon and uh, uh, Obradovich, they would they would rip on Trustman all the time for saying, we had a good week of practice. And would <laughs> Buffon be like, stop telling me <laughs> about what a good week of practice you had. <laughs> and then every time Trustman would say in the press conference, well, I don't understand what happened there. We had a good week of practice. <laughs> I would think of Buffon. And now with Nagy, his thing is, well, I'm going to have to look at the tape. Uh, i have to look at the tape. I'm, I'm not sure what happened there. we got to look at the tape. I'm like, stop saying that. There was one that happened right in front of you. <laughs> you can't look at well, you got to look at the tape. That was uh, so bad. One thing, though, that saved me the last two weeks is – I didn't watch them live. Right. And I knew they lost because people told me, even though I didn't want them to. Right. Because those would have been rough watching them live. And right now they could be five and five. They should have won both of those games. They should have beaten the Steelers. Absolutely. Right now they'd be five and five in playoff contention. But now I don't think they have a shot because they have to play the Packers and the Cardinals. And those are, well, I shouldn't even say this because the, the way the NFL is, who knows? But that means they'll have at least nine losses, which means no playoffs for sure. Those are two really tough games. And those are – I felt like the Bears got robbed against the Steelers. Yeah, that was terribly officiated game, but they still should have won. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They still should have won. The, here I felt like um, – Nagy's coaching finally caught up with them. Them, and um, I mean, I, the the thing that got to me was after the Bears scored, they had to burn a timeout because they didn't know whether they wanted to kick an extra point or run a two point conversion. The how dumbest do, thing I've ever seen. <laughs> how do you not know that? And then Nagy was like, "Well, you know, there's all these players celebrating around me." <laughs> what What does that mean? How are you not focused? Because something good went for you? You lost your mind? You lost your mind? You didn't stay focused on your job, which you're going to lose at the end of the year? What was his mindset as all these players are running around and celebrating? Was he like, yeah, woo! Oh, shit, now what do we do? Or was he like, stop it! Stop it! Stop celebrating! It's so damning of him that he said that. I know. Can you imagine Bill Belichick saying that? <laughs> George Alice. George oh Alice. Gosh. Oh my gosh. Not good. The the best thing about yesterday was the glorious return oh. of the red rifle. I can only imagine. Two <laughs> plays. Touchdown. Fourth. And 10, got to get this touchdown. No problem. Red (laughs) rifle. Oh, I mean, like charging in like a knight on a white shining horse to bring the Bears almost to victory. 
Uh, well, I haven't seen. Will he play next week, or is Fields expected back? They said Fields hurt his ribs. They haven't really gotten to specifics, though. I think they should not start Fields, not because I love Red Rifle. And our two-hour Andy Dalton, number one Andy Dalton podcast in America, Red Rifle in it, has expanded to four hours to discuss his glorious work yesterday. I'm not saying it because of that, but you have to rest fields. Yeah, You're not going to make the playoffs. You're playing the Lions. It's three days rest. Don't risk your rookie quarterback. You, you have to put Red Rifle in for Thanksgiving. Uh, I wonder on your four-hour podcast how much time you will devote to Red Rifle's mustache. We have a 15-minute uh, mustache grooming tutorial. <laughs> <laughs> the amazing stash of Mr. Rifle. We also have 15 minutes on Red Rifle's quaff. So those of you who enjoy Red Rifle, this four-hour epic podcast is going to be available for you soon. On every major social media channel, I heard that uh, uh, there are competing media deals to <laughs> set you up. And soon, I, I was talking to your brother again about all the franchising opportunities. Yes. So, Red Rifle Burger, <laughs> Red Rifle Jeans. <laughs> I think they're all coming. They're I all think coming. it won't be long till I'll be just solo bags <laughs> doing my lonely podcast. <laughs> but the other side of it, the quarterback, is the criticism of fields. It's a little too much, I think. What do you What do you think of that? Ridiculous. I'm like, he's a rookie, and people are saying stuff like, oh, he's not good. I'm like, he's – it's his first year. The number one pick in the draft. Lawrence has been awful, right? Fields has been better than him and Fields played really well against the Steelers. So he, he, he took us, maybe he took a step back against the Ravens, but he got hurt. We don't know how he would have played in the second half. You know, this is part of a larger, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to sound like an old man here, but it's like part of a larger, like social media trend where, you know, these rookies, if they don't immediately step in and start playing like, you know, uh, Tom Brady, then they suck and let's ride them out of town. And I think it affects them. Think about Peyton Manning. If Peyton Manning, yeah. If yeah. his rookie season was this year. Peyton Manning set an NFL record for interceptions thrown. Yep. Um, I, he would he would be run out of town on a rail. And Aikman, uh, too. Aikman was terrible as rookie year. The Cowboys went one in 15. Yep. Yeah, I, I was thinking, I'm thinking the same thing. So you, guys, you have to have you have to have patience, especially you would think as a Bears fan, you'd have more patience. We haven't had a good quarterback in forever. Think about Jimmy Butler's first year in uh, for the Bulls. Everybody was like, that guy's great. Butler's going to be great. Everyone who was in the know, Thibodeau loved them. All the Bulls executives said he will be terrific. And I remember thinking, I don't see it at all. I think this guy's terrible. And they're putting him in as a defensive stopper, but he can't score. 
So I, I, why do they keep putting him in? Shows what I know. You know, sometimes, yep. you, yeah, you just have to be patient. Well, uh, it'll be good to have the Bears uh, uh, on Thanksgiving. They should beat the Lions. I'll be at work, but I'll DVR it, so don't text me. I won't. I'm sure I'll get home, and Red Rifle will have thrown for six touchdowns, prepared a feast at halftime for his teammates, <laughs> done it all. <laughs> what so, can't he do? I, I don't know. No. I, I, no truth to the rumor that he will be on the next season of Dancing with the Stars. There, well, I mean, I'm not going to. We have inside information at Red Rifle in it, but I will. I will wait for it to be confirmed. Seems a little proprietary of you. I mean, uh, I think you could maybe give other uh, fans a little sneak preview instead of just keep <laughs> hogging that for yourself listen you do not become america's number one andy dalton podcast by just dishing out information just because someone asks for it immediately now <laughs> uh, before this before this devolves into an ugly argument that will <laughs> make our listeners uncomfortable uh maybe we should move on from, how about real quick the chiefs yes the chiefs they have uh, righted the ship. Well, a couple things about the Chiefs. Their defense played great, which was shocking. Yep. Like Frank Clark was in Prescott's face the whole game. And Prescott's a good player. And the Cowboys have had a really good year. So I couldn't believe it. But the Chiefs offense, they were talking about it like, oh, yeah, the Chiefs offense. The Chiefs only scored 19 points. This was not a good offensive game for them again. I mean, Kelsey, Kelsey has the most drops in the league, I think. I think he has like seven drops. So he needs to correct that. Yeah. But if the defense plays like that, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how well they, their defense, because they've never been known for their defense. The Super Bowl year, their defense was decent, which was what made them win. Yeah. Because they were able to stop people enough that the offense can just take care of the rest. Right. But this year, you don't know what you're going to get from the offense. So if they don't correct that, it'll, it'll be tough for them. But if the defense plays like that, they could, they could beat anybody. Yeah. I mean, all the, all the defense has to do is just hold opponents to like 21 points, you know, 17 to 21 points. I feel is all it would need. Even with KC not, you know, a top efficiency, top, you know, top of their powers. Um, and so the Chiefs don't have to be the 86 Bears, the 85 Bears, uh, for them to win. Just, you know, good enough. Yeah. Some of their problems is, I, th I think I said this last time, is they don't have another guy to go with Hill and Kelsey. A guy like Hardman, they said he's he's pretty much as fast as Hill, but he doesn't – he's not close to the production that Hill gets. And Pringle, who was one of the return guys, he's real fast too. But they just – probably just not the route runners or don't have the football instincts that Hill and Kelsey have. 
And that that's really what they're missing. But they got their running back, Edwards Hilaire back, and he he had a good game. I uh I've had uh, Daryl Williams on my fantasy team, and he's played well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's another. So their division fell apart. Well, the Chargers won yesterday, but the Raiders are are done. I think. I don't I think, think the Broncos are going to compete really either. So I think the Chiefs are pretty pretty good for at least making the playoffs. We'll just see how the if their offense can go up a notch and their defense. If their defense play, I can't. I don't expect the defense to play like this every week. But if the defense is as good as it was a Super Bowl year, then who knows? Maybe they'll do better than I thought. Um, the uh, Chiefs. Who do the Chiefs get next week? I know. Uh, I didn't check because I was too busy looking at Red Rifle's mustache tips. Uh, uh, kind of like grooming and uh, waxing. Uh, Tonsorio Dalton. I wonder when Dalton will do a handlebar mustache like Raleigh Fingers. <laughs> Their next game is, it looks like they have a bye and then they play the Broncos on December 5th. When? Yeah, the, yeah, I think the Broncos are done. Well, do you want to move on to the – we have three different NBA topics. Yes. Let's, let's start, do it. Let's start with, before we get into the Bulls, uh, former Bulls Scottie Pippen has just been out of control promoting his new book, Unguarded. Uh, just with just crazy statements about Michael Jordan, just and it's been nonstop. How long has this been going? He's been just. <laughs> I loved the Onion article you posted uh, about how Scottie Pippen says he'd be much better than MJ in Space Jam. <laughs> that was the quote. Was Jordan's performance was all flash, no substance. <laughs> Um, so Pippen, I, I have alternated with Pippen, you know, I, one time I'm like, God bless him. You know what? He's trying to promote his book. And someone told him, look, you've just got to go for the jugular. You got to get in the news at no matter the cost. And so he's and the, the way to do it is someone said, attack MJ and Pippen's like, no problem. I got it. And, uh, has just been relentless. And I'm just curious the book's out now, right? Yeah, yeah, it's been out. It's been out. Well, how's it selling? Yeah, people are buying it. Are they? I mean, would you say it's like a, a winner or is this just oh yeah, it's it's I mean it's a they're our competitor, but it was in Amazon's top a hundred. Oh, it was for at least the past two or three weeks. So it's it's sold a lot across the country. The thing about the airport is coming up like this weekend, that's when we'll get tons of people. So I'm, I'll be curious to see how it sells these next few days with people traveling for Thanksgiving. Cause a lot of people haven't been in a bookstore and they'll go, Oh, here, here's Pippin's book. He's been saying yeah. crazy. Uh... <laughs> Barkley, they asked Barkley what he thought. Barkley's like, God love him. He's the thing about, the thing about selling a book is you just, you gotta hype it. And he's, He's been doing a great job with that. <laughs> it also might be a midlife crisis because, I mean, wouldn't you be satisfied? You're a six-time NBA champion. 
You're one of the top 75 players of all time. That's not enough for you. You want more than that. I don't, I don't get it. I'd be very happy with that career. I plus he's like, I think he's a pretty good analyst too. Every time he's on, uh, um, you know, those ESPN, uh, when he was working with Tracy McGrady, you know, I loved what he had to say. I thought he was pretty measured and thoughtful, mm-hmm. and, uh, knowledgeable. Um, and, uh, you know, honestly, some of the things he says to even all, all this crazy, uh, talk about MJ, uh, there were a couple of things that I kind of agreed with how, like, you know, MJ, his style was so unique in that, you know, that he said, he said something to the effect of like, like MJ kind of like put the, um, took the emphasis of offensive basketball away from overall team play and more towards individual one-on-one and that's not good for the game. And there is a degree of truth to that. I think that was part of the way MJ revolutionized the game. I mean, just everyone, he was just so great at it. No one was better. And so everybody wanted to be him, but nobody can be him. And if, if I'm, if I'm making any sense. Um, and uh, so um, anyway, I, I, that part, I kind of agreed with it. Of course it came out all wrong saying, you know, MJ has ruined the NBA with his, uh, you know, one-on-one play, but I thought that kind of got twisted around. Um, but I'm just, I was just curious uh, if his strategy worked. I guess it is. I got to look at it. I haven't even looked at it yet, surprisingly. I haven't even, like, read the inside flap or anything. <laughs> it probably says, Scottie Pippen, the greatest basketball player of all time, tells you his thoughts. I think I'm actually looking forward to another Bulls autobiography coming out next year. It's called Boosh Briefings. <laughs> the amazing okay. story of Judd Bushler. I will Chicago be Chicago Bulls most underrated star. I'll be first in line to buy that. Look for that one. That's oh, going to be fantastic. Man. He will uh, talk about how he transformed the NBA kept Pippen in line, drank Rodman under the table, <laughs> dunked on MJ regularly in practice. Oh, you must have, have you read an advanced copy or at least? Oh yeah. Excerpts? Well, I've been, excerpts? I've, I, okay. You got me now. I have been ghostwriting Bush's briefs. Oh, and yes. Some just great beat up Tex winter. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry. Oh, let it all out. You want to sell? Oh, this is just the beginning. Salacious. That's the only <laughs> word that I'm going to say. Oh, I can't. I can't wait. Book salacious. I need three copies: one to read, one to save, and one to send them to get autographed. There are all kinds of stories of him clubbing in New York with Jerry Krause, Claudia Schiffer, and Halle Berry. <laughs> pretty the dream team the dream team of clubbing right so, much, so much so much cocaine yeah. really uh like i said it's it's gonna be a winner um 
Judge, Judge's probably going to be a little upset with me for maybe giving a little bit too uh, much away. But if Scotty has taught us anything, too much is never enough. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be on Amazon's top 100 tomorrow, I bet. Ooh. Boosh briefs. I'll Boosh. check. Boosh briefs. Yeah. Uh, How about this LeBron dust up? What a dust. That I've only read about. Tell me exactly what happened. Well, basically, it's just it was a normal kind of basketball kind of play. There, uh, the I think the Pistons were shooting a free throw, and this guy Stewart for the Pistons, who I think is one of their big men, and he's like LeBron, an undersized big man, I think. Yeah, and but I remember uh, when he played the Bulls, they were talking about how hard he plays. He's physical, and uh, so. He and LeBron were just kind of jockeying for position and a rebound. And uh, if you watch it, um, yeah, uh, you know, LeBron's just trying to get his arm over. He, he raises his shoulder over just to, like, get, you know, in there to get kind of, like, leverage and get in front of uh, Stewart, like, you know, everyone's coached to do on a regular box out. And then there was some juggling, and then he threw his arm back and with his elbow, just I mean, just clocked Stewart in the face, and um, I mean, he nailed him. He nailed him, and uh, and so everyone's like, "Dirty play, dirty play." But I think if you watch it, you know, I, I it was an accident. I really, there's no way he's not that kind of player. It was the way that the, those two guys got tangled up. It was just, um, you know, they're getting physical and those things happen. And, uh, but I mean, it was a, it was a gusher. And, uh, um, and basically, so Stewart just said to LeBron, like, Hey man, that elbow hurt. (laughs) And uh, that mean, that really hurt. And LeBron's like, I mean, LeBron wasn't backing down. He was like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And uh, Stewart was like, uh, I don't accept your apology. And, uh, you know, uh, you need to answer for this. And LeBron's like, well, I don't think I do. And then uh, Isaiah said, I tell you, I will have justice. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> other players came in and said, hey, now, Isaiah, please, no need to uh, get so upset. It was an accident. Mm-hmm. And uh, Isaiah's like, well, it doesn't matter. Look at my face. I mean, his face is just covered in blood by now. I mean, it is. I mean, you really, it was a real bleeder. And uh, so they kept having to push him away. And then like three times I heard at 31 back to the Lakers bench three times. He went, he went, and I don't think Le- LeBron was backing away. So I don't know whether he was yelling at Westbrook. I'm, as always, Rondo is in there, such a little jerk. And, uh, and Jordan is in there as DeAndre Jordan. So yeah, the second time he's trying. DeAndre to get... Jordan's on the Lakers too. Yeah, they got all the guys from five years ago, didn't they? Yeah, right. It's, they do. So, but the third time is the best because there, Stewart looks like an NFL running back. He is like he's been pushed back to the Pistons bench, and then he just starts charging through, and people are trying to stop him. <laughs> And he breaks about five or six tackles on his way. And Jordan is like kind of like standing in front of LeBron. Like I, I heard one of the Pistons was though too. Uh Joseph or I think. Joseph was in there. 
He was pretty, he, but he was like keeping him away from the Lakers bench. Cunningham like, was, go away. Yeah. And Cade Cunningham too. Cunningham took a shot accidentally. Mm-hmm. I think he's okay, but it was a, a wild scene. Yeah. And so that was, so LeBron got suspended for one game. Stewart got suspended for two games. And, uh, and they, you know, so LeBron, you know, is going to lose about $280,000 in lost salary. Stewart's going to lose about a buck in <laughs> lost salary. Uh, so, yeah. and the whole thing, Stewart, I don't think LeBron should have been suspended. They say it was a reckless hitting of him. And I'm like, it was an, it was an accident. Mm-hmm. It can't be accidents anymore. It's not like he meant to do it. Yeah. And uh, and Isaiah Stewart was suspended for escalating an on-court altercation by repeatedly and aggressively pursuing. So, you know, I I, I get it for Stewart, but I don't. I'm I'm not sure what LeBron did. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll but watch it and see if you think it was at, at all intentional. I don't think it was. Yeah, I gotta I gotta watch it. I don't think it was intentional in the slightest. It looked bad, though. I mean, his face is just <laughs> covered. I can imagine. So that that wasn't a good look. Well, before we move on to Bulls and Cavs, the, like I just said, with the Lakers, they're, <laughs> I didn't even know they had DeAndre Jordan. So Jordan, Howard, Rondo, yeah, Carmelo, they all peaked years ago. This team I just be, don't think it's not going to end well for this team. This team, Anthony be, Davis is like yelling all the time now. I know they've lost to some bad teams. I think they lost to Oklahoma City twice, and Oklahoma City has one good player. It's just not. It's just not going to end well. They beat Detroit and nearly lost, and they what Davis made two blocks in one play on Cunningham. Pretty great, actually. And then ran down and put the uh, scored the eventual go ahead uh, bucket to put him up for good. But like I didn't like the way they were celebrating, like they had won Game Seven of the NBA Finals. Like great <laughs> job, you beat the Detroit Pistons. You know, like congrats, I guess. Yeah, they're nine and nine. They're they're uh, if they may if they uh, the season ended today. Um, they, you know, be back in the play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. I think they can get better, but um, I agree. I think I think they're. I think they are a first-round exit. Yeah. LeBron just doesn't have the gas. I mean, I don't think LeBron had the gas last year. So, and he's another year older. And getting your friends on your team, that never works. Never works. It never Unless you're LeBron and you do it at the right time. When <laughs> Bosch is in his prime, Wade's in his prime. You don't do it when they're in their mid-30s. I love uh, NBA Twitter because uh, in Cleveland, they're all like, well, now that the Cavs have all these young guys, LeBron is going to come back one last time and – Teach all these young guys how to win. And, uh, I don't think so. Some great uh, online dust ups. 
between uh, Cavs and Lakers fans. I agree with you. No, there's no way he's coming back. It's pretty funny though. Um, well, let's uh, let's talk uh, Bulls and uh, Cavs. First off, the uh, Bulls. I mean, they despite they're losing tonight, but uh, they're getting killed. They're losing by 31 to the Pacers. I guess they were due. They were due for a clunker. Uh, they've been playing great. Lights out. I mean, you can't ask for a better West Coast trip. Yeah. Beat Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets. And what was the last one they won? They beat the Knicks yesterday. I know that wasn't West Coast, but that was nice. The Knicks have struggled lately. The Knicks started out great, and now they're really having a hard time. They are. I think they can right the ship. I, they sort of were playing better until they ran into the Bulls. Um, I think that – I think it's all said and done. They'll be there in the playoff. So I think that was a really good win for the Bulls. Um I like the way that I saw them when they played the Cavs and I was like, oh, they're a good team. Um, so I, I think it's a real good win for uh, for Chicago. And they're like, they're right there. They're like, there's Miami, there's Washington, which I do not think is for real. Um, and the Bucks are making a, a surge. Atlanta. Middleton came back. Middleton yeah. came back. And That's Atlanta. That's Atlanta's now won five in a row. Um, once the Sixers get Embiid back, they'll be there. Um, so, um, so I think uh, I think the Bulls are definitely for real. And just got <laughs> to keep them healthy. The Bulls are down thirty-four, and the Pacers still have some bonus in, even though there's six minutes left. Hey. Why do you have your starters in when you're up thirty-something points? Uh, who's the Pacers coach now? I can't keep track of that. I don't know. I am, I'm not good with coaches anymore because it, it's just crazy. You know, the Pacers, they're 7-11, and 11, but I think this is just uh, the entire game for the Bulls. Had all those West Coast games, and they played, they played the Knicks yesterday. So yeah. you're on the West Coast, you're traveling, you get a game at home, but then you play again the next night. So yeah. this is this is just a blip, I think. I, I forgot their their coach is uh, Carlisle. Oh yeah, Carlisle. Yeah, he's a good coach. So he is. So you gotta think they'll figure it out quick. Here's here's my thoughts on the Bulls. What I really liked about last night was Kobe White played well. Very well. What I didn't like, what they did tonight was they started Kobe White because Caruso's out. Caruso hurt his wrist. Let's hope that's Kobe not. White should come off the bench. Mm -hmm. He should not be on the court with Levine and DeRozan because he's not going to get the ball. Kobe White's a scorer. Let him come in off the bench. Right. So that was – I didn't like that Donovan did that. And the other thing that – granted, the Bulls, the Bulls played great. The Bulls have played great lately. But – one thing, especially in the Portland game, they could have they could have won the Portland game too. I watched a Portland game and yep. in the fourth quarter, they were in control that whole game and they blew it. The fourth quarter, Levine and DeRozan were forcing it a little bit. Right. They can't get in that mode. They gotta trust their teammates. I know they're the two best guys in the team, but pass the ball. 
don't don't i mean it was only one game but do not don't do that anymore <laughs> don't do that anymore when we're winning it's when we're moving the ball around you guys will still get your points at the fourth quarter if, if you have if you have guys doubling you pass the ball levine don't don't take a 30 footer with a guy in your face and levine actually stacy king of all people he says Levine makes a lot of those shots. They're not good shots, but he does make a lot of them. I just, I don't like when he does that. Yeah, I mean, uh, he definitely has no conscience. And uh, it, it works well. I always feel like Levine, I think it can have an effect on a team. If you've got a guy, you know, on your team who is just taking ridiculous shots, and you, you've really got a small margin for error. If you take two or three bad shots in a row and you miss them all, and all of a sudden the lead, if you're, you know, if you have a lead, then you've lost it. Or if you're behind, now you're really behind if they come back to score. And I think that has an effect on teammates. It does. It does. Even if he yeah, comes back true. and wins and, and makes two more crazy shots. I, I still think your teammates are just like, stop it. You know, because in your mind, you're not going to run as hard for a guy like that. You're not going to cut as hard. Even if you in your mind, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm still working on there. You might be, but it, it affects you psychologically. Has to. But I will, I'll say this about Levine. He played some really good defense in the same game against Portland. Like Lillard, he, he, did, he was staying with Lillard. It was the best defense. It was honestly the best defense I've ever seen Levine play, which was made it more even more disappointing that they lost that game. Yeah, but if he keep he keeps that up, that's fantastic because he has the athletic ability to be a good defender, and and he showed it in that Portland game. There's no doubt about his athletic ability. Um. But I, I mean, like I said, I twelve and five this is fantastic. Oh, they'll be twelve and six tonight. But twelve and six is great. Still keep it up. Keep it up. It's and most most nights they're really fun to watch. What about Cleveland? What's going on with the Cavs? They lost. Uh, Who they lose? His meniscus was bad enough that he's out for the year now. Yeah, Sexton's out for the year. Sexton's out. That's a big loss. It is. I think they can overcome it. I mean, that's going to be a test. Uh, to see whether they can overcome it. And I think that they can um, because uh, the key is Mobley. When Mobley went out, I was like, well, this team's going to really struggle. And they, and they have been, Um, they lost to Brooklyn tonight by five. So they played well. Marketing. Yeah, that's not bad. Brooklyn's a good team. So yeah. Marketing two of your best players. Yeah. Allen had a good game tonight. That was the thing. Like Allen had like a really good game. He had 20 points, 15 boards. Markinen had 22 points, eight boards. Um, Rubio played really well. And so when normally when those guys have those kinds of games, they win, but no Mobley. And so there's no defensive. Mobley's main value to the Cavs right now is on the defensive end. He's a very, very good defensive player. 
and now they don't have that dimension and you can see it and so the Cavs just need to hold on <laughs> until he gets back mm. and, then, and then I what's their record right now nine and nine okay so they're right in it yeah I, I mean I mean Markinen uh I mean for his first game back I mean he he missed a few shots but overall he played great so I think he can only get better um I like marketing a lot I know you do and uh and so uh and then Garland Garland's a street shooter he, sometimes he looks great and then he misses a ton of shots but I think he's trying to be the man and um you know we're gonna find out if he is I don't think he is I don't think he's I don't think he's an a level a guy who can you know be a Kyrie Irving type mm-hmm. um but he's also really young, so you, you never know. Maybe he will be next year. Uh, but for this team, it's Mobley. Mobley is the difference between a playoff team and a team that scuffles. It also doesn't help that they're playing a murderous schedule. Like, they have, like, after this, they have uh, – they play Phoenix, who's won, like, 75 games in a row. And, uh, and then they um, – from there, who do they have? It's like their schedule is just punishing for uh, the month. They get um, Phoenix, Dallas, Miami, Washington, Utah, Milwaukee, the Bulls. I mean, come on! <laughs> can, we get like, can we get like an Orlando or something in there? Jesus! So it's like going up against me in a pickup game every time. You don't want to do that. Oh, shots have been fired <laughs> on the Jagbags podcast. <laughs> uh, men with man buns and anthrax t-shirts will be complaining <laughs> <laughs> left and right. What is such an outrageous comment. Uh, anything else on the NBA? That uh, uh, Let's move on to... I recommend. Why don't you start? Since you can do that, then I'll do mine, and then you can finish up with your immersion. I am excited. Um, so I recommend, uh, and you know, I've been watching this show, and I'm just trying to decide <laughs> the. Uh, the show is Succession. Have you seen Succession? I love Succession. I haven't seen any of the new season, but it took a few episodes for it to kick in for me. But now yeah. I love it. It's the the new season. I I really I'm going to stay with it because it's built up so much goodwill. Uh, this season is not it, the 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 crazy <laughs> the crazy stuff hasn't yet happened, but I'm but maybe they're playing the long game this season. They're going to. That's kind of how they do it though. I think, I think they're, they start out slow. Then it starts rolling into more lunacy. <laughs> and they always aim for a big finale, at least the first three seasons. That's what it felt like to me, at least. I mean, it, this show is, and, and the acting's just, the acting's just excellent. Yes. Well, um, not not a bad actor in that whole bunch. Yeah. Who's your favorite? That is a tough one. Yeah. I 
I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, Brian Cox is Brian Cox. The obvious is the obvious answer because he's kind of the linchpin, and uh, he uh, he does so well um, just in his scenes. You know, he's he's really got to kind of got to drive the action. He's got to react to all the craziness. You know, going around going on around him and then he's got to um, yes have a giant presence because he's the guy he's the guy mm-hmm. so he really does that you know that whole murdoch and um you know everything very well and apparently he's unbelievably difficult on the set really yeah <laughs> i forget where i read that and so i feel ever since i read that that now like when people are looking at him kind of like you know <laughs> I mean, I probably like this guy's a jag off. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. um, he's great. Uh, Jeremy Strong, who plays Kendall, um, the uh, kind of the sniveling, <laughs> uh, you know, would be a successor. He's really great. He's, he's like a big dork who thinks he's cool. I know. That's what his character is. He's so good. Um, I don't care for. It's not that I, I. I don't know what she could be doing differently. Sarah Snook, who plays the, the daughter, mm-hmm. uh, Shiv. Um, but um, I. I don't know what I am thinking of for her. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I. I. I feel like, she, not that she's the weak link, but because everyone else is so strong, um, I'm not as high on her. Her husband, uh, he's amazing. Tom is the finest. <laughs> I think my my favorite scenes are the ones with him and cousin Greg. Yeah, <laughs> they're <laughs> just so squirm inducing and uh, funny at the same time. Those two together, I, I could watch them. The whole, the whole show could be just those two he, with their weirdo relationship. <laughs> Just, I think he just just loves to just torment Greg. Yeah, and and he's the outsider, so you always kind of root for the outsider. Still, Greg. Actually, they're both outsiders, really. They are because he tries to McFade. I forget his name of his character, McFadden's character, but he tries to fit into this family, and even his wife kind of pushes him away. So, they're both outsiders. Yeah. Uh, but I, um, the other one that I really like is, and uh, lo- longtime fans will, I love uh, Alan Ruck as uh, as Connor. Uh, yeah, he's always excellent in everything. And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, the CFO, uh, Sledgehammer, uh, David uh, David Rash, he's he's great uh every time i see him he just makes me laugh yeah i gotta catch up and uh and of course i'd be i'd be remiss if i didn't mention uh james cromwell who is uh cromwell's just he's the king (laughs) yeah he kind of rips on logan Every scene he comes in, <laughs> he's like, "I know what you are." Basically, 
Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, that's a good one. I haven't seen episode four, but apparently they're going to introduce Adrian Brody. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy Adrian Brody and everything that he does. So I'm very because he looks like your Lunchables partner. <laughs> yeah. Why you like him? That's exactly. Um, <laughs> that's exactly. Uh, reminds me of uh, <laughs> of my uh, of of my uh, co-president of the society, our, our uh, million strong society. <laughs> Anyway, that's my recommendation. What's yours? My I recommend this album surprised me. It's Golden Casket by Modest Mouse. Mm. Their new album. Really good. And I know Walk On. That's that was their big song, right? Yep. And I'm sure I've listened to that album before, but I didn't know too much about them. I mean, I don't know. A lot of their songs is what I'm saying. But this one's really good. The first two songs are great. The first one is F your acid trip. So you'll enjoy it. Okay, <laughs> for acid trips. I'm in. <laughs> and the other one's a song they, they play in XRT a lot now called We Are Between. And honestly, this has a shot at being my number one album for this year. Really, really yeah. enjoying. It. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Like I said I was. I was really surprised how good it is. I'll have to check it out. Um, let's uh, let's move. Anything else on uh, on that record? No, that's that's pretty much it. We'll just we can finish up our recaps with your immersion. Oh, the time spent with number album number four eighteen, Dire Straits, Brother in Arms. This, uh, I could do a four hour podcast on this album alone. Um, I, I, this album should not be in Rolling Stone's top 500 uh albums. Uh, this, uh, the three singles I like, uh, but the rest of the album is one big snore, it's just a bunch of noodling and this, like, you know, just kind of like bland, lifeless tunes, and um. And I liked, uh, I really liked So Far Away. Love that song. And uh, Walk of Life, I kind of like. And Money for Nothing is very possibly the most overplayed song in the history of <laughs> 80s radio. I mean, for those of you who are younger, I, literally that song was on the radio every 20 minutes. Because of the video. Everybody watched the video, too. So you, it was inescapable back then inescapable and they played the, the that the video the song the long version <gasps> is that sting singing oh my gosh <laughs> um i mean just and i think it just ruined this the because i you know when i listened to money for nothing it's the first song on the album i was like oh god this takes me back and not in a good way um so I don't think that overall, because I think if they didn't play it 90 billion times, I might like the song, you know, too. Um, but overall, I, that record is just those three songs and then filler um, in my mind. And I don't think I, I, I really like this album. Do you? 
Yeah, I like Why Worry. I like your latest trick. I like The Man's Too Strong. It'll be in my top 500 albums. What's your opinion of Dire Straits just in general? I like them. You like them? What's yeah. what, is there an album of theirs that you really like? Well, I like Sultans of Swing. I hate that song. That's one of my least favorite songs of all time. That's great guitar work. I hate it. That talk about that's to me is what you just said. That's their song that I'm like, I'm ready to go to sleep the instant that song starts. I think that Dire Straits at their worst, they really get into, you know, they can kind of get into not um self-indulgence, but it's um yeah, they just kind of like get into the just the guitar and and it just kind of like slows down their they're too much into noodling and uh at times and i just think it just takes away from um their kind of commercial sensibilities where i think they're at their strongest but that but that's a song though that's not their album there's not an album called song swing do you have an album sorry that's that from their first album that's called dire straits it's okay. called uh, yeah i like making movies a lot i think that's a great album too this and these are my two Brothers in Arms and Making Movies are the Dire Straits albums I really like. Um, yeah, overall, I'm just, uh, I can I can take or leave Dire Straits. And I think Rolling Stone, uh, which is probably a good way to end it. I think they, Dire Straits is one of those bands that Rolling Stone just hyped incessantly um, during the 80s. Yeah, they're, he's, Mark Knopfler in general is, a critical favorite, I think. And it might be because his voice is like Dylan's almost. It's very distinctive. But I almost think Dire Straits might have been better with a better vocalist. Yeah, you might be right. I think their songs might, some of their songs, I mean, I like like the two albums I like, but some of their other songs might pop more with a better singer. Could be. Could be. Uh, what if Lemmy joined Dire Straits? Instant Hall of Fame. It would really make Walk of Life different if Lemmy. <laughs> I would love to hear that cover version. Oh man, maybe maybe one day. Lemmy would probably make me like Sultan's a Swing if he sang it. <laughs> I was going to start singing it as Lemmy. We are the. <laughs> we are the Sultans. All the Swing. Yeah, I'd be I'd be in for that for sure. <laughs> Well, I think we have solved Dire Straits problems. Yep. Uh, and uh, we'll be covering that on our uh, two-part, 16-hour Beavenland Fix Dire Straits. <laughs> Correcting <on>. the Straits. <laughs> <laughs> Which will get listened to for the wrong reason. <laughs> and draw an unwelcome group of fans. <laughs> Well, anything else to add for our recap? Uh, no. no, we're good. Thanks for tuning in and uh, please tell a friend or 10 about us. Your kind words are our best and our only form of advertising at present. Uh, please check us out on social media. Uh, we are on Instagram, we are on Twitter, and we are on Facebook. Drop us a note. Uh, tell us what you think. If there's a topic you want us to talk about, please let us know and we'll work to get that on the air. Uh, please subscribe to our program. You can do so on any social media channel. Write us a review if you're so inclined. 
and make it hashtag gangbangs. And stay tuned for our upcoming episode where we fearlessly dissect Rolling Stone's top 100 songs of all time, and we tell you how they did it wrong and (laughs) how we are experts. That's not something you want to miss. That's coming up uh, next week. Until then, thanks for listening. And when you're ready to listen, put a little jag bags in your ear.